Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. No! What? I know. What did you do? What happened? You had a uh, young life crisis. Why? What from? Oh, Rocket League. You know what? That makes sense. You know, just a bit, you're gonna look like this. What? How is this possible? How is what possible? How do I look like this and you look like that? Oh, from a technical aspect. Oh, you just filmed those shots before and this after. But I made fun of you. Correct. So we planned for the haircut to look bad. Yes, absolutely. And then proceeded with it anyway. Yes, absolutely. What if I, what if I want to go back? That's not possible. Oh my god. Oh, thank god. No, you can't expect it to just, just stay stop talking. Oh, you got me kidding. Did me. we or did we not get the haircut? How about we restart the whole video, okay? And see if we can fix this. Okay, okay, I'll go back out. Good morning, Sweet World, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, March 29th. Hashtag full squad to start the week right. I'm J.E. Skeets, along with Mr. What You Need to Know, Tass Mellis. Happy Monday, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got my top shot hot boy, the Hamilton to my Botas, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo! Hey, yo! We got the international man of mystery taking it to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm-hmm. And last but not least, making the magic happen is JD. Hello. There he is, and here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. I saw they were fired up before the start of this show. Smash that like button, everybody. Drop your thoughts in the comments below and subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Uh, email us your questions and comments. For this week's Beach Steppin' Podcast, email them in, nodunks at theathletic.com, or you can leave them in the YouTube comments, or you can tweet them in, at nodunksinc. And finally, grab your merch, your hot merch, over at nodunks.com. Got the hoodies, and the t-shirts, and the shorts, and uh, mugs, and everything. You can wear a mug now. You can wear a mug on your hand if you really wanted to, so uh, get creative. Okay. Uh, NBA... Get creative. Throw a mug on your hand. Protect those fingertips. Yeah. If you have bought a Good Morning Sweet World mug, or if you buy one, put it on your hand, take a photo, tag us Definitely. on Instagram. We will uh, share it. Okay. Guys, Monday staple, NBA weekend, winners and losers. But, 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 before we get to that, had a lot of buyout activity over the last couple of days here. Uh, you know, three big guys, big names-ish, uh, going to... Certain teams, pretty popular teams uh, in, in a couple instances here. LaMarcus Aldridge going with the Brooklyn Nets in the end. Shocked a bit of us. We thought he might go to the Heat. Andre Drummond going to the Los Angeles Lakers. Surprised the Tass Mellis. He had him going to the Celtics. And then Gorgie Jang ends up going from the Grizzlies after his buyout. He's signing with the Spurs. So Aldridge, Drummond, and Jang. Tass, I'll ask you first. Most impactful buyout addition. Who are you going with here? Well, I'm going with that Andre Drummond. Yeah, I thought he'd be with the Boston Celtics. Don't worry. The Celtics will grab somebody. DeMarcus Cousins is the hot rumor now. Wow. Um, yeah, it's it's a strange one. Like DeMarcus Cousins, you know, his prime should be now, but the injuries uh, have caught up to him. Andre Drummond is 27. He's 27, and he's going to join the Lakers. Uh, what will his role be? It should be a backup. It should be what Dwight Howard was last year in the playoffs. If you remember, they needed Dwight Howard, even though Anthony Davis is their most important center at the end of games. Dwight Howard came in and started against Nikola Jokic because they needed a big body. They haven't really replaced that. Montrezl Harrell is their backup center uh, to Marcus Gasol. Montrezl Harrell, too small for a guy like Jokic. So I think Andre Drummond in the right position at the backup spot uh, of the Lakers. He's not going to come in and play 30 minutes a game. He shouldn't. Um, unless something isn't going all that right. Uh, but if he can be there and LeBron can motivate him, then that's exactly the type of spot uh, he should be in. Now, let's not get all overexcited. Like, you see these names. Andre Drummond, two-time All-Star. Marcus Aldridge, seven-time All-Star, which is an incredible number. And you think, well, they're going to play a ton. Um, 
I think Drummond should actually play the most. I think he's going to have a role. But Aldridge, I don't even know if he plays, really. I think he will take uh, Nick Claxton's minutes. But uh, let's not get too, too excited about what these guys are going to do. Although, you know, Drummond's going to throw down some dunks and get some rebounds. And he'll potentially get a big beef because that's what he does. Uh, <laughs> but that, I think, will be the the extent of it. But, uh, you know, to get a buyout like that to fill a need that, that the Lakers have is is fantastic. Lee, what do you think about these additions over the weekend? I know some people very excited, uh, not only about Drummond going to the Lakers, but people freaking out, it felt like, on Twitter with Aldridge. Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge going to the Nets and all the all-stars that they have, of course, having already added Blake Griffin to their incredible team there. Um, What's your take? Were people going overboard with both of these, one of these? What do you think? This is the definition of ring chasing here from LaMarcus Aldridge, and that's okay. People do that, you know, Mm -hmm. at his stage of his career. He's old. He's much closer to the end than the beginning, and he's been on decent teams. He's made the playoffs a few times, but he's never really been close. He looked around the landscape, and he thought, you know what? I'm probably not going to get too many minutes there in Brooklyn, but that's my best chance to win a championship. So that's where I'm prepared to go. I think he's an insurance policy at this stage. He's going to play, you know, from time to time, and he could be on the court at the end of the game if you need a bucket. But he's really there because that team gives him what he's looking for at this stage of his career, and, and that's it. And, you know, he's still a good, reliable veteran, but not a great defensive player. And they're just so deep there. Taz, you mentioned he might take Nick Claxton's minutes. I don't think he will. I think Nick Claxton's been really good for them. So uh, I think he Nick, has, for sure. Yeah, and, and I think what Claxton gives him is that energy on both ends, which mm-hmm. LaMarcus Aldridge doesn't really play that same way. You know, he's more that sort of old man mid-range game and that's it. And defensively, Claxton's been important for them as well. So it's really, for the for the Nets, it's like, great, we've just got another veteran who, if, if injuries happen or whatever, you know, Kevin Durant's still out. There's another guy we know we can get us a bucket. But ultimately, uh, he's going to be toward, you know, closer to the end of the bench, I think, uh, or, or splitting those whatever minutes Blake Griffin has there. So uh, it's good for the Nets, but it doesn't really put them any closer. In my mind, they were still probably the favorite in the East anyway, as long as Kevin Durant comes back healthy. So it's just uh, it, it's nice to have. As far as Andre Drummond, he's basically doing the same thing. You know, he's been on two pretty ordinary teams for most of his career. I think he's only made the playoffs twice, if I if I remember correctly, from the Pistons, and he's no, maybe never even won a game. He goes to a team that does have a need for him, a young guy, a big guy who can play some minutes. Marcus Gasol, he's showing his age a little bit there in, uh, in Los Angeles this season. He hasn't been all that great, uh, and he's been injured. Andre Drummond comes in immediately as an, as an upgrade there at center, and uh, he's, he's also looking. I mean, the report is that he wants a max contract next season. Well, he's not getting that from the Lakers. There's no way in the world. They're at about... 110 million for next year already uh so he's not you know maybe not going to be a long-term option there unless he's prepared to take a huge uh you know cut in salary but for this season Andre Drummond's like I just want to be on a good team with some good players and uh can compete for a championship and that's what he's done out in LA I think if you compare that to the Celtics option you know there's probably a few more minutes there for him in Boston but I think he looks and he thinks the Celtics probably aren't going to go further than the second round at this stage they're struggling a little bit the Lakers you know with LeBron, if he's healthy, assuming he's healthy, and Anthony Davis, conference finals, you're basically walking to the conference finals uh, and maybe further. So I think uh, it makes sense for, for Andre Drum to go out there to try to put himself in a position as well where he can still show teams, hey, I am maybe worth that max contract next season because he's still young enough. But uh, ultimately for him for the remainder of this season, it's to see if he can uh, win a championship and certainly just play on a team that's that's going to make the playoffs. Yeah, what do you think, Trey? I mean, Tass says that he sees Drummond maybe coming off the bench. I'm not so sure with the way Marcus Gasol has actually played this year. I could see Drummond getting the start here, uh, at least in regular season games. Maybe, who knows, come playoff time. He's not going to be closing games. We know that's probably going to be, like Tess said, 80 at the 5. Um, but what's your take on all of these signings here, buyout additions? Yeah, I 100% agree. Drummond is the biggest impact move here just because the Lakers need some more guys to sop up minutes. And I think it actually, even if Drummond starts or if he comes off the bench, being able to save Marc Gasol's body a little bit so that he's theoretically at his best for the playoffs, I think that's a huge uh, boon for the Lakers as well. The weird thing is that they're now going to have three centers in their top nine rotation. Then they're going to be adding Anthony Davis back. Probably would have been nice for them to be able to find a wing guy on on the buyout market, but obviously that wasn't in the cards. I do think Drummond is a good pickup here. He's a decent distributor and, you know, playing for the best team he's ever played for, you have to imagine they're going to get the best Andre Drummond 
so far this season. And then once LeBron and AD are back, like y'all are saying, he's just got to be him and Mark Gasol and Montrez Harrell need to be solid for the first three and a half quarters of the game. So you can get to the AD at five portion <laughs> of the basketball game, which is pretty tough to beat. Uh, if you're a Lakers opponent. But sure, let's throw a little shine here to Gorgie Jane. Yeah. How about it? The man's shooting almost 48% from three this year. That's going to help out the San Antonio Spurs, who are 29th in three-point rate and 28th in three-pointers made. They need a stretch big. LaMarcus Aldridge was their stretchiest big alongside Rudy Gay, so I'm sure Gorgie's going to help out a little bit for the Spurs as they push to the playoffs again. There is concern. I saw John Hollinger writing about this on The Athletic with some of these, especially these bigger names like Aldridge and then Drummond. Is there this buyout market activity just subtraction by addition, right? Because that can happen. You, you can get concerned like, does Nash and the Brooklyn Nets uh, you know, coaching staff, do they play Aldridge too many minutes over a guy potentially like Claxton? Uh, or maybe even like Jeff Green, who was giving them solid minutes uh, going small ball five. And then Drummond, yeah, is it, you know, do you worry about playing him too much over you know, possibly a Gasol, Montrose Harrell, whatever? I think he's a bit better than what Aldridge is actually going to give the Nets. But there's a, there's a concern there. I, I was thinking back to last year's you know, buyout market. Who was the most impactful player at it? Probably Markeith Morris. Like, when you really look at it, all the names. Like, he was good. He he played in all the Lakers playoff games, and he got a... Started lots. some of them, right? Yeah, I was going to say, he got a couple starts, that's right. Um, you know, he didn't fill up the box score, but could hit some threes and play defense and contributed to, obviously, a championship team. So, yeah, can anybody be like Markeith Morris? Because usually what I'm getting at here is, like, these buyout guys, they don't really do anything, usually. I mean, again, Twitter freaking out that LaMarcus Aldridge is joining the Nets. Like, just step back for a second and replace the name LaMarcus Aldridge with Teenage Mutant uh, Yaka Pirtle. Like, pretend he was going to the Nets and just, like, imagine, like, uh, the little fanfare that that would have gotten. Even though he's a much better player than LaMarcus Aldridge at this point in his career. Like, he is, to the fact where the Spurs <laughs> decided so. Like, yeah, we're better with Pirtle starting than Aldridge. That's just where we're at, right, with our team. It just yeah. wouldn't be, you know, people just see the all-star selections, and I get it, and the all-NBA, and, and the name, and people know him, but... He's just not the player that he that he once was. Maybe, right. maybe in reduced he has minutes, insurance. it's different. Yeah, in reduced minutes, like and I Blake think go to the Nets. Yeah, right. And he looks yeah reinvigorated, I guess, a little bit. But to me, if Clack, I think they're a little concerned if like Claxton gets in a playoff series, being a young young guy, and like starts to freak out, <laughs> um, of and course. it's yeah, and it's against Embiid or whoever, and it looks overmatched. Then yeah, then you're like, well, at least let's go to old faithful here for a couple of minutes uh, in a guy like Aldridge and, and maybe he can slow down an Embiid or counter him with scoring. So it makes sense. And yeah, it's the real, the richer get richer here, usually at the buyout. Yeah. Kevin Durant uh, is recruiting everybody yeah. uh, to come join his team. He's, he's joined, all the old guys are coming. Blake is coming. Uh, and so is LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah. To, to be in an NBA finals game. So Nick Claxton doesn't have to play really. Uh, you know, it's, it's a little unfair to Nick Claxton, uh, but that's the way it's going to go when it, when it comes to the, Kevin Durant in the finals, he's had experience. In the 2012 finals, Reggie Jackson was a young guy uh, who was in there in the fourth quarter in a key game and couldn't come through. And I think, you know, he thinks like LeBron does on the other coast. I mean, there just seems inevitable these two trains are going to collide in the NBA finals, and they both want vets beside them just to take those minutes uh, in it late in games. And they've got enough guys, um, you know, to, to – to play the four or five now, whether it is Jeff Green, who's been awesome for them, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin, uh, now Aldridge and Clax. They almost have too many guys. It's, it's true. Uh, but <laughs> as long as Aldridge has, uh, you know, he doesn't have this sense that he's going to play a ton of minutes. I'm sure he right. was, uh, uh, you know, humbled this year when Jakob Pertl took his minutes. But Aldridge, yeah, shooting a ton from three this year. He has had plenty of 20-point games this year. And can he go from, you know, 25 minutes to... 12 minutes and give it his all and be spry out there. I mean, it's asking a lot, uh, but against backup players, you know, it could happen. Nash has got a, uh, Nash got a challenge though. You know, keep trying mm -hmm. to keep all these guys happy. All right, let's get to NBA weekend winners and losers. Let's start with the winners. Tass, you go first. Who's your big uh, winner from the weekend? Well, I was excited to see Aaron Gordon in a Nuggets uniform wearing number 50 on his back. Uh, <laughs> Let's was, talk about that for a second. <laughs> yeah, so Katie, Win Katie Wingy, uh Nuggets broadcaster, reported the reason why he's wearing number 50 is in part 
because uh, he is Mr. 50. He's got a documentary <laughs> called Mr. 50 oh out. Oh, my goodness. Which outlines, like, he doesn't stop talking about it. But that's his thing. It outlines him, you know, getting 50 after 50 after 50 in the dunk contest. Yep. And not winning one. And, yeah. you know, losing to Zach Levine and then uh, losing this last one. Who did he lose this last one to? I already Derek lost Jones it. Jr., wasn't it? Derek that one? Jones yeah, Jr. Yeah. Ago. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in, in 2020. Uh, so that's why he's number 50, which is weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, go watch a bit of this documentary, by the way. Ooh, it is corny. <laughs> that's going to be a no for me, dog. Oh, when you say bit. you want to be more than just a dunker, but then you make songs about being a dunker and wear a number about being a dunker, yeah. I think you're okay with being a dunker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, totally. but that, that's why he's wearing number 50. If it looks like a dunker and smells like a dunker, it's probably a dunker. Yeah. yeah. He had, and he had a couple dunks in his debut. <laughs> yes, he did. Tell us you're a dunker without telling us you're a dunker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Make a documentary yeah. about me dunking. Yeah, the song, you know, at, coming at Dwayne Wade for giving him that nine. You know, that was, I don't know. At least there was a video behind. Now there's a documentary about it. Like, that's, I don't know. The music video lasts two and a half minutes. It's over. Joke, ha, ha, ha. You're that's sipping good. Yeah, wine. I got to see the inside of his house. Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, now there's a doc. Anyway, um... I guess I was worried because I thought he'd sort of he, he'd want to be that superstar. He'd want to be the the biggest rapper, the the biggest uh, uh, sort of a biggest celebrity influencer type guy. And I thought that would extend to the basketball floor. Like he would still want to be a number one guy. Like he kind of had the reins to be in Orlando, but that's just not him in the NBA. And if you're playing beside Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray and, and Trey outlined this when we went through him being moved to the Denver Nuggets, that he would sort of fall in line. I just wondered would that be the case in one game. Hell yeah, it, it yeah. happened. Uh, he was just working off Nikola Jokic. Jokic had the ball. Aaron Gordon said, all right, baby, I'm cutting. Uh, it just worked out perfectly. He had, he had a beautiful dunk on the baseline. Uh, you know, he had, a, he had a few Aaron Gordon-type stuff, type moves where he you know, dribbled, 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 and took his shot. Some go in, some don't. Um, but uh, if he is in that Jeremy Grant role where the minutes are reduced, the dribbles are reduced, um, I guess not the minutes are reduced. The dribbles are reduced. The shots are reduced from three-point land where he's just taking it upon himself. He can be great, and he, he's he's really good defensively. He's got that mindset. Uh, and 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 so they were doing a fantastic job on both ends, uh, getting him involved. So it's good to see Aaron Gordon in that role. And he's never played with a guy like Nikola Jokic. Not many mm-hmm. people do. And he's never played with a guy who's just, just that good, who uh, you know pulls that much of the defense towards him. And so that's a great move so far for the Denver Nuggets. It looked great, even though the number on his back looked a little strange. It looked a little strange seeing him in the 5-0. Yeah, Trey, what did you think of uh, AG's Denver debut? It, it reminded me a little bit of like uh, like a guy going, a wide receiver playing like with the worst quarterback in the league uh, <laughs> to then going and playing with like, you know, whoever, Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes or whatever. And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, that guy is good. You just it, It's like takes two to tangle. But that's like Jokic. I think like three of his assists were to Gordon. AG dunked a couple times off them and stuff like that. So it seems like I like that they threw him right in the starting lineup, too. I, I did enjoy that. I think that's a smart move with him uh, to play the role right away with uh, Jokic and, and Jamal Murray and, and the rest of the crew. What do you think? You nailed it, Skeets. Everybody thought Randy Moss was washed up until he joined up with Tom Brady and set the record for receiving touchdowns in a season, catching those deep bombs, giving the Patriots exactly what they needed from him, just like Aaron Gordon gave the Nuggets exactly what they needed from him. Oh! Thank you, Skeets, for setting that one up. But you're exactly right. You were the Jokic to my Gordon because... Jokic was hooking Gordon up uh, in this game. The first dunk off of a back cut. They had a screen and roll where Jokic found him in the middle for another dunk. There was a cut that Gordon had from the wing to the lane. Jokic hits him. Uh, Gordon throws a pass over his head to Michael Porter Jr. in the corner for an open three. That's three kind of like scavenger plays that they have an impact. And it really just brings another dimension to the Nuggets offense. And that's without talking about what Aaron Gordon is going to be able to give them defensively, bringing his versatility and athleticism to that end of the court. Uh, A perfect debut for Aaron Gordon. I mean, I guess he could have gone nine for nine, made some three pointers. That's the only thing you would ask for. But if he's not going to take threes, if he's not going to make threes, at least get in the lane and get some dunks, get out in the open court and run as well. 
Lee, anything to add to uh, Gordon's Denver debut? What do you think? No, it's just one game, but yeah, it looks like a pretty good move there for Denver because they shipped out a couple of players that weren't really playing for a guy who they want to have an impact immediately, uh, and he did. He didn't do much outside of that apart from hitting a couple of baskets, but if he's smart, he'll do what you guys are saying there, just cut, and Jokic and Jamal Murray will find him because mm. you can throw it up or down to him. It doesn't really matter. He can finish, so... Uh, that's all he has to do is play smart basketball, and he will get a lot of minutes and a lot of baskets on that team. So far, so good for AG and Denver. Okay, next one. Trey, where are you going? Winner of the weekend. Winner of the weekend, Zion Williamson. What a weekend for Williamson. Career high, 39 points in a loss Friday against the Nuggets. Zion went 16 of 19 from the field. The degree of difficulty on these shots, I think, is completely underrated. The little left, I mean, he's a lefty, obviously, but the lefty flips he's doing where he's, it seems like he's far from the hoop and the angle just isn't there, but he's got such a soft touch. Makes it look so easy. He added 10 boards, five assists, a steal, and a couple of blocks on Friday, but Pelicans lost it in the fourth quarter. Brandon Ingram was getting double teamed. He was struggling a little bit. Zion, 10 in the quarter but a little tentative at times, and the Pelicans missed a bunch of open shots. They went two of nine from three. Meanwhile, the Nuggets were balling. 11 points in the fourth quarter for Jokic. Denver gets the win. But that's why Saturday night, I think, was so impressive from Zion. Another 38 points, 13 of 20 shooting, weak, (laughs) but 13 points and three assists in the fourth quarter. He scored or assisted on his team's final 14 points of the game. This was a clear example to me of game-to-game growth from Zion. The fourth quarter was incredible. He was making the easy pass when he was there. When the defense would trap him, he would stretch it out to open up other passes. He cooked wings. He cooked bigs. We know the guy is unguardable. He scored 77 points this weekend on 29 of 39 shooting, but as you can see, he's getting better at using his the pressure he puts on the rim to create open shots for his team. He was getting open shots for the Pelicans on Friday. They were just missing a bunch of them. But I knew this was a huge weekend for Zion because I saw Skeets retweet Zion Williamson highlights. Yeah, look at that. You know it must be impressive if this guy, if Skeets is getting on the Zion bandwagon I mean, here, that was incredible. That was incredible. That's awesome what you want to see. see him as a closer here. I like this. Like Stan Van Gundy, like, yeah, here we go. Everything through him. Just like Denver does with Jokic, go right through him every single time because – no one's figured out a way to stop him, and he's getting better and better, like you said, Trey, um, especially with decision-making and stuff like that. Now it's just up to his guys that he creates these open shots for to knock him down, and they did in that second game. So, yeah, my God, those numbers from the weekend are insane. He basically set his career high twice, right? Um, heading, like heading into the weekend, he, uh, he yep. eclipsed it both times. That's pretty damn special there, Lili. Zion, yeah. yeah, I'm even I'm retweeting the highlights. I'm loving it. <laughs> he's on 26 points a game on 63% from the field. You know, Shaq never even put up those numbers. Uh, Only Kevin of, McHale, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and the fact is, you Similar know, games, those yeah, two. Yeah, yeah exactly. uh, Just, you know, obviously, I'm not drawing a comparison directly with Shaq and his career, but just the way that they play. Like, Shaq was basically just dropping the ball into the basket. Zion has a little bit more of a sort of a runway to get in there. And he's got that body control, because a couple of times on uh, Friday against the Nuggets, you know, he's taking contact, you know? Like, he's really going in there, and, and he even had the... Uh, he was even flexing, you yeah. know, so you know he's feeling mm-hmm. good about himself out there, which is great to see. Uh, yeah, in- incredible numbers. I mean, this is uh, this is the thing, like, we wondered whether or not he would be able to translate his game into the NBA in the first season. Obviously, was injury interrupted, but you are seeing him now. I think, Trey, has mentioned it really well there, game-by-game game growth from him. You know, he's starting to understand, like, he's looking at some defenders and he's like, I'm too quick, and even if, uh, if this guy is, it can keep up with me, they can't uh, stop me. I'm just too strong and too powerful. So this is really exciting times for, uh, for him and the New Orleans Pelicans. I just hope he can stay on the floor and stay healthy because, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's incredible what he could achieve. I mean, I think you, you said at one time, Skeets, like uh, how long until he's leading the league in scoring? Was that we, were, we were talking about it at one point. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think up. it is just a matter of time. I, I think, you know, for a guy who doesn't, you know, have a, have a, certainly have a three-point uh, arsenal to his game, yeah, one for three that. over the weekend. One for three, 33%. Yeah. Well, maybe, yeah. maybe maybe you could. But just in terms of sooner or later, he's just going to get more and more trips to the free throw line. He doesn't shoot it all that well right now, but I think if he can work on that, he, I can see him getting you know, 12, 14 free throw attempts a game simply because it's going to be almost like Hacker Shack where it seems like, all right, you're just going to have to foul this guy. Put him at the line. See if he can get him there because otherwise he scores too easily. Yeah, we were like debating... Can a guy like Zion with no three ball right now in his arsenal 
yeah, lead the league in scoring in today's game where it feels yeah. like you got to average like, yeah, 32, 33. And can you get there? Can you get to those numbers without hitting, you know, one or two three-pointers a game? I think it's, it's tough, but you're right. You need a bunch of free throws, and he's already, it helps when you shoot basically 65% from the floor. <laughs> yeah, he's already at eight and a half free throw attempts a yeah, game, actually. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a little more than I thought he had, but uh, so I can easily see him getting up to double figures in the next couple of seasons and, uh, and, and really puffing those numbers up. I'm getting excited, Tass, for the play-in tournament. I can't believe I'm saying this. But like, yeah, buddy. Yeah, because, buddy. like, we're going to have, like, the teams that we're going to have in it, like, especially when you just look at the West, like, okay, it could be the Pelicans with Zion. It could be the Kings with De'Aaron Fox, who we're going to get to in a second. Could be Luka uh, on the Mavs. Uh, you know, like, it's, it's, we could have some, uh, the Grizzlies could be one of those teams with John Morant. Like, man, some... Some young superstars be pretty fun to see in like these uh, March Madness like do or die games. I guess is what I'm getting at here. Pretty excited for it. Totally, and, and that's why people thought the bubble was sort of fixed for Zion to be in it <laughs> right, because right. Zion Williamson. Uh, I say both his names, but he's already a one name guy. Zion, it, it's uh, it's pretty phenomenal. This is year two for him. He's already got that cachet. Zion. Is a is a household name. It's four letters, just like Shaq. This guy was but, a household name before he got in the NBA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he uh, he doesn't want to. Although we compare him to Shaq, he doesn't want to be compared to Shaq. He's just he's said after the weekend. Rick Carlisle said it's Shaq like what he's doing out there. Mm-hmm. Zion said, "Uh uh-uh, uh, I'm Zion. I'm my own guy." <laughs> and uh, and the difference between him and Shaq is that. In today's game, we always ask, can Embiid really be a closer? Can a big really be a closer? Well, Zion isn't that kind of big. You give him the ball on the perimeter, and he'll find a way to score. He's a little more Giannis like that, but he's got a lot more touch and finesse on the inside than Giannis yeah. does. Yeah. I know that sounds a little extreme for to compare to an MVP, but Zion does have that touch. And yeah, in year two, he's already become the closer. Throughout this season, Brandon Ingram has been more of the closer, but since March 1st, in clutch time, those minutes where it's within five points uh, at the end of a game, Zion, his usage rate is 33%. So a third of the possessions go through him and only a quarter of the possessions go through Brandon Ingram. It's really flipped uh, the last couple months. Right. They're just, they're just giving it to him. See you later, B.I. I mean, B.I. is so good. Brandon Ingram is so good at creating his own shot. Uh, but when you've got a guy who's shooting over 60% in Zion Williamson, and he can start on the perimeter. It's not like you, you've got to struggle to get him the ball. Just give it to him, set a pick. Uh, he's going to fly into the lane, take a bump, take two bumps, and then flick it in. Uh, he's, he's, he's one of a kind. He really is one of a kind. Yanis was one of a kind, but this is, this is a little different one of a kind. <laughs> very, very cool. Yeah, we were like sitting here. I forget what game it was. Maybe it was like a month ago now. And there was a Pelicans game where they didn't. Remember like Zion didn't touch the ball at all in like I felt like I think it was like two like key possessions mm-hmm. and we were like what are you doing like he's at least got to be involved in it he does I remember we were freaking out like come on SVG um, but yeah you're, you're right I feel like he's learned it's like yeah everything sort of has to go through him uh, he's, he's gonna make the right decision he's learning and learning here on the fly well uh, even on Friday night the ball was going through him a lot on Friday night against the Nuggets, but when the ball wasn't, he was kind of just chilling and mm. waiting for the ball to come to him. And that was the difference on Saturday was rather than just standing on the other side, hoping the team gets the ball to him with enough time to create something, he was just going and getting the ball. Mm-hmm. And you could see the difference. Incredible. Lee, winner of the weekend. Where are you going, mate? I'm going with my old mate, Greg Popovich. Became oh. the third coach ever to reach 1,300 victories for his career, all with the San Antonio Spurs. And he's just 30, uh, well, 36 away from being the all-time record holder for games, uh, victories as a coach. To overtake Lenny Wilkins, he needs 33. And then Don Nelson holds the record at 1335. He's only that far away. Wow. Yeah. How did yeah. they realize uh, that? He can't yeah. do it this year. There's not enough games. Even if they <laughs> won, out, won out from here, they, he couldn't do it. But yeah. uh, So he's going to have to come back next season. And, and I bring this up because I said after the bubble last year, I said, I wonder if Pops just retires. <laughs> now I'm thinking like, I think he's sticking around to get the record. <laughs> I think that's kind of, <laughs> I mean, might as well. <laughs> I, I, exactly. I think he sort of looked and he thought, well, I'm this close. He's going to get the victories. It's just a matter of time. I may as well get that uh, and go on a winner. He has got the most victories if you include playoffs. He's got more victories than anybody else, like mm. even Phil Jackson. But uh, obviously, uh, you know, we count regular season and playoffs differently. So um, he, he's third <laughs> yes. all time. In fact, he probably won't actually get the playoff victory. In fact, he, he almost certainly won't because he's like uh, 60 behind Phil Jackson. So there's, I don't think there's enough time for uh, Popovich to win 
no. playoff playoff <laughs> series. So he's going to so, he's going to yeah. he's got he's, he's, he's in fact he's won victory behind Pat Riley for the playoffs. So uh, could happen this year, maybe not. I'm not sure, but oh, uh, wow. it'll be something to watch. Anyway, yeah, pop. <laughs> Exciting. All right. <laughs> great great line from Dejounte Murray after this one. He said, "Shout out to Coach Pop." future Hall of Famer. (laughs) Get this guy a podcast. (laughs) Shout out to Coach Pop. Future Hall of Famer from the player. I love it. (laughs) Okay. uh, Yeah, it's just a little one there for Pop. You know, he's one of my favorite... people in the NBA and he's uh you know we don't really see any of that snark from him these days anymore it's uh it's not quite there but uh he's still fun I remember he still gave it gave me the business in Melbourne a couple of years ago and uh it was great it was great we got to get a poll up who's got better hair right now Lee Ellis or oh, yeah. Popovich all right yeah. all right very, yeah. very <laughs> I got you, I got you. you should dress up as Popovich for <laughs> young Greg Popovich <laughs> uh, you guys both got the long locks right now oh, I can't no, believe no. how long pops are um all right well i'm gonna do this uh you're not you're not supposed to let me do this guys but my winner of the weekend is the sacramento kings uh they only played one game this weekend but it was a doozy uh harrison barnes hit a three-pointer at the buzzer after catching an inbounds pass from uh, the opposite end De'Aaron fox throwing the hail mary and uh they got the victory over the Cavs. they've won four straight now matching their longest streak of the season they are right behind the warriors i believe in trying to get into that play-in tournament Darren Fox, though, man, this guy's on one right now. 20 of his 36 points in the fourth quarter uh, in that win over the Cavs. And the, 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 the Kings here are winning some games because they're playing a little bit of defense now. A big part of it is Bagley went out with the injury, and then Halliburton was inserted into the starting lineup. And, again, it's a, just a better defense. I mean, it couldn't get much worse because it was, like, the worst of all time there uh, early in the season. But it's helping them get some victories here. And Darren Fox... I don't know if it's been announced yet. I'm not watching Twitter. He might win another player of the week. Uh, A perfect week for the Kings. He averaged 37 points per game, 64% shooting, 38 from three, five and a half assists, three and a half boards, and two steals. Uh, And I think he had just won the one prior. So he is on one in March. He might win uh, player of the month, for crying out loud. Uh, So yeah, I'm not supposed to talk about the Kings. I'm not supposed to get excited. But it is fun that they're in this little chase, Lily, and the way Fox is playing, I love, huge fan, but it's just cool that, like, they, they got the four H's and Fox here, right? They got Halliburton, Holmes, Harrison Barnes, and then uh, Buddy Heald, and then it's Fox, and yeah. it's, it's uh, like, they're <laughs> the going- four H club. Yeah, they're going a little smaller here, a little quickness, and Halliburton is a great player, and he can help defensively, and- it's fun. That was a crazy shot. I mean, they almost oh, lost the game. They yeah. probably should have lost the game unless Harrison Barnes like hits this cold-blooded like just turn around three in front of the bench and then just like very little reaction. Well, but, he, hey, slapped, the Kings uh, he slapped Colin Sexton on the butt, which yeah, was great. Yeah. Just yep. to sort of say, there you go, young fella. Uh, that was like LeBron's one against the Wizards. Remember a few years oh, ago, yeah, that sort bit. of long bomb down there. He caught it and knocked it in. Uh, and a shout out too to Krista Blunt, Kate Hunter, Laura Britt, and nice. Lucia. Clarendon, uh, who were on the call for that game, uh, yep. did a fantastic job. I know the Raptors had one last week, an all-female crew as well. So uh, shout out to the Kings. That that was that was incredible. And and uh, I hope we get to the point soon where this is not news, if you know what I mean. Yeah, like of this, course. this should be normal sort of stuff because uh, the game was just as incredible uh, with those four ladies on the call there. They did a fantastic job. So congratulations to everybody involved. But. Let's let's make this stuff normal because uh, it should be. But uh, yeah, as far as the game, Cavs. Yeah, the Cavs are probably looking at this one, think this one slipped away because they led most of this, and mm-hmm. uh, it was just a great finish from the Kings in the end there. So um, great stuff. And yeah, yeah, De'Aaron Fox, man, what's happening there? What? What? Oh my God! What? Uh, yeah. What's going on with the Kings? I mean, <laughs> I know, I know. We don't want to get excited, but I mean, he's killing it right now yeah and i think they have i think they got a, a home and home or whatever a, a two-game series i should say with the spurs i believe coming up here those are big those are really big in yeah. terms of like of course playoff seedings and trying to get these games against teams that you're trying to chase there so we'll, we'll see if they can continue the hot streak though trey i mean you shouldn't have let me said any of that uh, you're, you're my voice of reason when it comes to the kings uh, are you are even you uh you know been persuaded a little bit into some king's love here or no De'Aaron Fox had a game winner earlier this month, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. against yep. the Washington Wizards. Uh, we had that incredible De'Aaron Fox pass last night, throwing it three quarters of the court to Harrison Barnes for the three, one day shy of 29 years to the day. 
of Christian Leitner's legendary March Madness shot. Mm. Another Dookie catching a deep pass, turning and hitting it. I think the Kings could win the NCAA tournament. Wow. Oh, how dare you. <laughs> how dare you. All right. So there you go. Kings love. Uh, now we've jinxed it, and they will go on an eight-game losing streak. You can lock it in because that's what always happens every time I get excited about Fox and the Kings. Darren Fox said he was a, uh, a quarterback as a he kid. He did. I didn't realize that. He must have been a scrambler. Oh, God. Must have made it happen. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> luck tackling him. What? No doubt. Goodness. Yeah. And he's what? a lefty, too, right? So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good point here by Joey Starr. Uh, Harrison Barnes went to UNC. May have botched it a little bit. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry. The, you're the My college bad. guy here, too. Yeah, I know. I guess I was a little confused here, considering uh, UNC and Duke are both out of the tournament. Ooh. While the go blue. Uh, uh, big blue win. Is that what happened there yesterday? Oh, yeah. Lead no. eight going up against UCLA. I don't know if you guys saw that game last night. That was a crazy one. Uh, Charles Barkley said it was the game of the tournament so far. I believe him. Oh, great. I saw, yeah, that was the game where someone, who was you? Shorts Arkansas uh, hit a bomb, though, right, to put it into overtime? Is that the Yeah, yeah, yeah some crazy stuff. Uh, the ball went out of bounds, and it hit somebody's um, shorts. Oh, wow. <laughs> so they were talking shorts. Now everybody's saying you got to wear shorter shorts, so if the ball goes between your legs, it doesn't yeah. accidentally hit your fabric and go out of bounds. Smart. Crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but you can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Call 1-800-DIRECTV. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Terms and restrictions apply. Let's get to NBA weekend losers. Trey, why don't you start us off here? Where do you, you want to go? I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> but I got to give a loser of the weekend to the Bulls. Oh, wow. Tough start to the Nikola Vucevic era in Chicago. Tough start. <laughs> it started great, though, Skeetsy. Uh, first play of the game, Vooch gets a post up, a couple of dribbles to the inside, spins back for the righty hook. You've played ball with me a lot. That is my go-to move <laughs> yeah. from that block. Next time down, couldn't get the ball into Vooch in the post. He moves over to the wing, eventually gets the ball. Quick pass to Thomas Sadoransky for three. I texted my dad immediately. <laughs> Vooch! <laughs> I'm thinking this team is going to be the new Denver Nuggets, but we're flip-flopping things. Where, you know, Zach Levine, kind of a supercharged Jamal Murray. Nikola Vucevic, similar to Nikola Jokic, <laughs> but not taking right. the lead as a playmaker. Then the rest of the game happened, yeah. and honestly, the Bulls looked a little bit too polite here. It's trying to make a bunch of difficult extra passes. The offense never got untracked. The defense wasn't being played. Eventually, the Spurs got up by 36 points, so I turned on Falcon and Winter Soldier and Drive to Survive. That being said... <laughs> Not changing my mind about the trade after a game. They had zero practice time. It really looked like it. I do think they can be Nuggets light, but unfortunately, I checked this. Even if you haven't had a chance to practice, the games still count, which is a bummer because the Bulls got to figure this out quickly. They've got eight of their next game, nine games on the road, and most of those are against playoff teams. So gelling is of the utmost importance here to figure out how you're going to incorporate a new high usage player for a team that hasn't really had a second high usage player for the entire season uh, without the benefit of practice time. It's going to be pretty tough, but it got worse for the Bulls too. They lost and a couple of the pieces they traded also balled out. Daniel Gafford made his first six shots as a Washington Wizard, scored 13 in the Wizards win, and Luke Cornett hit two threes in a win for the Celtics, Passing Arvidas Sabonis to move into 14th on the all-time seven-foot three-pointers list. It was a tough Saturday, no doubt, for your boy. 
<laughs> Lee, you saw, you talked about the Bulls' schedule when we were talking yeah. at the trade deadline. Like you brought that point up that Trey just said. Like they got to figure this out very quickly. Like implementing Vooch here because this, they're on the road and they're playing a lot of good teams and. Yeah, a rough start, I guess. We yeah, a, a rough start. I mean, the good news for the Bulls is uh, right now they're 10th, 12 games back of Philadelphia, but they're only four games back of the Knicks in fourth. So right. there is, you know, you can quite easily move up and down those standings with just a couple of victories. But yeah, the Bulls do need to uh, to figure it out fairly quickly because if you do slip behind, then, then maybe it does become a little bit too much of a scramble later on. But yeah. Uh, the good news I'll start here uh, for Trey is uh, Vooch and Thomas Sanaransky are in the running for a very solid play this week. Yes, oh, wow. yes, yes. Wow. Beautiful little pass in there. But the bad news is my Aussies continue to cook the Bulls. Paddy Mills is averaging 15 a game against Chicago. And, <laughs> and Joe Ingalls, I think, had 17 in the uh, in Chicago the other day. So uh, every, every time the Bulls seem to get hammered, it's uh, one of the Aussies doing it to you guys. So, you know. And you beat Kendall Gill in a three-point contest. <laughs> <laughs> Got our number, bud. Exactly. So, uh, wow. I'll, I'll, I'll send them a message and I'll say, guys, just go easy on the Bulls from now on please. I mean, uh, the Bulls are back. We want to get them back in the playoffs. I, mean, I appreciate uh, that. We've had such a history too with Chicago with Anstey and Lukey Shensher and Luke Longley. I oh, mean, man. Uh, is there anyone else? Did uh, Nathan Jawai ever uh, get a cup of coffee <laughs> in Chicago? Uh, I don't think he ever made his way to Chicago, unfortunately. <laughs> We've got to get a guard in Chicago, at least not a centre. I just want a, a non-centre from Australia on the Chicago Bulls because we just give them the bigs, the big redheads. Just the big redheads. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, so sorry, sorry to hear that, Trey, that you're your bulls are a loser of the weekend. You're an honest man, though. Yeah, one thing did bring me a little joy on Saturday, and that was Moses Brown, big man for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Went for 21 points and 23 rebounds against the Celtics. JD, roll that beautiful B footage. Moses Brown had 23 rebounds. That's a lot of roast beef. Sweet Moses, that's a biblical beef. No dunks. We love roast beef, which is rebounds. Sweet Moses Brown. Biblical Sweet beef. Moses. Oh, yeah, I love it. Interesting yeah. beef here. This is a huge guy. This guy mm. is ginormous. Yeah. 7'2", 245, he's listed at. Very short shorts. Makes him look really, really tall. My yep. favorite of those rebounds is when he follows a Lou Dort uh, fast break layup. But Dort's still underneath the backboard. So he kind of dunks on mm -hmm. Lou Dort. Also impressive this game. 19 of Moses Brown's rebounds were in the first half. You got to see all of his four rebounds in the second half. He had a big beef in the third quarter. That being said, he's coming up pretty far behind the all-time greatest Moses rebounder. Moses Malone, of <laughs> yep. course, had a huge beef. 32 rebounds is Moses Malone's career oh. high on boards. He did it more than once, so uh, Moses Brown has some uh, boarding to do. He's going to get up higher on the Moses rebounding chart. Well, that's okay. Didn't he just uh, get himself a contract after that biblical beef? I think they just signed him, if I, if I have that correctly, to... Uh... To a bit of a contract there. Nice little deal, I believe. Arby's yeah, did? Right. Slide no. him a couple of steaks. <laughs> yeah. No, the Oklahoma City Thunder actually uh, signed him. But maybe Arby's will talk to him. I don't know. Here's One of those rebounds looked like he just caught an air ball. Was that? Was I would say like three of those were like air ball. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah he caught a few air balls. Yeah. Every, guy, every right. guy who gets a 20... 20 board beefer has at least an airball catch yeah. or two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You got to get Trey a, includes it for you sure. You got to get a couple cheapies uh, in there. But all right. Congrats to uh, him. Lee, where are you going for your loser of the weekend? Well, the Miami Heat uh, have lost six straight. Uh, only played one game over the weekend, but they lost to the Charlotte Hornets, and Malik Monk was incredible in this game. Uh, this one was a blowout. The Heat made it close, and then uh, Terry Rozier, there was, a, there was a play in the last minute where Eric Collins was like, you do not want to shoot this until there is zero on the clock. And that was uh, off an inbounds play. Terry Rozier grabs it with 14 <laughs> seconds to go, turns, hits the three. Unless you're going to do that! <laughs> he was great. Um, but really, for the Miami Heat, this six-game losing streak, uh, I thought when they before they went on this, I thought this is a chance for them to really solidify themselves as that number four spot. Now, they are only two games back of the Knicks, uh, as I just mentioned, in fourth right now. So they can still make it back. But, you know, for the most part, the guys are playing. 
Dragic has been out a little bit, um, but they've been playing just so badly, uh, conceding a lot of points, which is not a Miami Heat thing to do. And also, they are a loser because it looked like LaMarcus Aldridge was going to sign there. And I just wonder if they had won a couple of these games, if LaMarcus is like, this is a team that, you know, we know they are tough in the playoffs. There's definitely a positional need for him. They could use him out there. But I wonder if he thought, actually, you know what? Maybe they're not so good. I'm going to the Nets. Maybe not. I don't know if that has had a direct impact or not. But a double loser for them because they they missed out on on a guy that they really could use right now. And uh, and they're on a bit of a losing streak. So I think they turn it around. I just have too much faith in that uh, heat culture. There we go. Uh, To get it back on (laughs) track. But... um, but a very surprising six-game losing streak here for Miami. Did not see that coming because mainly Jimmy and Bam, as long as those guys are out there, they're, they're pretty tough to beat. But they were down 28 points here to the uh, Charlotte Hornets on Friday night, obviously without LaMelo Ball. Um, and, you know, got back into it, but really uh, we're, we're out of this one early. Malik Monk had 24 points in the first half. And yeah, just go and watch his shots and listen to Eric Collins. He's just so much fun. Yeah, because he's just catching and firing away too. A lot of those were heat check shots, but uh, they were going in. So it was great to have Eric on the call. Yeah, the Hornets almost pulled it off against the Suns there too on Sunday. The Suns got the victory, but uh, they hit some huge shots. The Suns yeah. were like just throwing the ball away in a couple of possessions late. And Eric Collins, there was a beauty where Gordon Hayward, after the Suns threw it away, Hayward like tipped it ahead to Devontae Graham, who hit the three in transition, and Eric Collins was going bonkers. But Suns got the victory in the end. Uh, are you worried at all about the Miami Heat task? They're a weird team. Uh, I can't even decide, like, has Bam Adebayo had a good year? <laughs> This year, like, his numbers are there. They're impressive, but it's like, he hasn't, like, I feel like we haven't talked about him a lot. I know he was injured and he was out, but, like, he hasn't, like, really impressed all that much. They're just a, a strange squad to me. They're like the Celtics, I guess, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. A lot of injuries, uh, so there's some excuses there. And, yeah, a couple games back and forth, so they're in the Eastern Conference. All good, right? I mean, they could easily be the fourth-place team in the Eastern Conference very soon, and they have all the parts to do so, so... I'm not worried. Well, they, they, yeah, but you got a better. You better hurry up then and get up to fourth and fifth, or otherwise you're losing in the first round. I mean, right? That's probably what's going to happen, unless I guess they, unless the Heat like draw the Bucks somehow in a one eight two seven, and then they feel, or I guess maybe the Sixers they feel they could beat too. I'm just not so sure. Yeah, they don't look good, but at the end of the day, this would be the exact spot people expected them to be, right? In the in the four or five spot in the Eastern Conference, if that's where they end up, right. Right, yeah. if they end up there. You're right. It's such a, I mean, one week. Like, we were just talking a couple weeks ago, the Heat were on the winning streak, and we're like, mm-hmm. oh, here they come. They're on a roll. But, yeah, you're right, Lee. The six-game losing streak, you didn't didn't see that one uh, happening here. I guess teams like the Bulls, the Raptors, I mean, they're happy. They're like, oh, wow, well, they're continuing to lose, so we're sort mm-hmm. of, like, within striking distance. Yeah, Greg Sinat, a good uh, comment here. Nick's yeah. Heat would be a good first-round matchup, and that, that could line up, you know, a little 90s rivalry for sure. Oh, my goodness. Somebody hanging off a coach's leg in that series. Can't wait. <laughs> it's nice to have a little variety. When you're watching those first eight games, the first weekend of the playoffs, if they do it like that, you know, everybody's shooting threes. Well, this one would be a rough and tumble game, you'd think, you know, yeah. a little bit more of that. It'd be a different game. With the way the Heat shoot three-pointers right now? Yeah, they can't hit any. God, this is Brick City. When's Wayne Ellington going to come and save the Miami Heat? Get you When's, a Wayne. Yeah, you got to get the golden arm down there in Miami. He'll save them. Watch. Uh, Tess, who do you have for a loser of the weekend? Oh, my Toronto Raptors. They don't oh, know how to boy. make it Wayne. It has, it has nothing to do with uh, their two losses on the weekend, though. They lost to respectable basketball teams. And, and they didn't have Kyle Lowry for, for the second one against the Blazers. They lost to the Suns and the Blazers. That's fine. That's understandable. Even though they got to climb the standings, it's the East. They'll be all right. They've lost 11 of 12. The reason why they're really a loser of the weekend uh, is because they missed out on all the buyout guys. Yeah. It was hilarious to see Raptors fans go nuts. Oh, no, we didn't get Andre Drummond. Ah, you know, face in the hands. Understandable. Okay. LaMarcus Aldridge. Oh, no, he's going to the Nets. Gorgie Jag? We didn't get Gorgie <laughs> no Jag. Uh, so, yeah, just a frustration. It just That's how snowballed. bad the center position is on the Raptors, though. It's a struggle. It's a struggle, yeah. I well, mean, what about that huge Aaron Baines geez. dunk? Yeah. <laughs> Biggest dunk of his career, probably. <laughs> he dunked on his old teammate. <laughs> Did he? Yeah, it was a good dunk. Uh, yeah, there's, they, they just need everybody to chip in. Uh, and, you know, no Lowry. 
that was a struggle uh, on Sunday. Like it was a really close game, but then they yeah. had a ten point third quarter, and uh, so that was, it was yeah. It just <laughs> it just ended poorly. But they're losing to two all stars in a backcourt with Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum. I know McCollum isn't one yet, but he will be. Oh, one McCollum day. destroyed the Raptors yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it was like they did the right thing. I mean, I guess take the ball out of Lillard's hands. They did a good job on Lillard, actually, all things considered. McCollum like hit like three like ridiculous shots down the stretch. He was getting a hell of a bounce, I will say. He had the soft touch going. He had, like there was two of those tasks where it's like he threw up the floater and it like bounced around, but it dropped. It was Tim Duncan like. It was like almost like a dinker <laughs> dumper task on a floater from McCollum. But you forget, mm-hmm. I'm the Blazers are gonna be a fun team to watch here. With Nurk back, he came back right on Friday night. Uh he's got the, the buzz cut going. He, he mm-hmm. leaves, you gotta do what Nurk did, man. You gotta go down to the buzz cut. Uh and then McCollum, of course, back in the mix. Like, this team, you know, should be much, much better here now with two, like, of their best players back in the lineup, right? Mm-hmm. Especially if they're getting the Raptors' Kawhi Leonard-like bounces on the rim. That was, oh that was mean. That was mean. In Tampa, in the home of the Raptors, where so, they really oh. pump in those audio, the audio cues. Like, when a call wasn't overturned, oh, the crowd went nuts, uh, yeah. which is hilarious. Uh, when, it, when, it was, when it was an obvious call as well. It was right at the end of the game there. The ball went out of bounds, and it shouldn't have been overturned. But the crowd still went nuts. You Just know, the fake crowd went nuts. It's hard. It's, it's a tough gig for that audio guy. How loud do I make this dejection? Super loud, medium loud, kind of loud. Should have gone with kind of loud on that one. Oh, you think he has uh, multiple buttons? I hadn't even thought about that. I thought he was just riding the levels all the time. Yeah, no, he rides it. He rides it. He rides it. But yeah, yeah, he should have little little tape marks. Like, you know, (laughs) do it for this one. Do it for this one. First quarter, third quarter. There's a lot of pressure on the audio guy there. You got that right. Uh, Yeah, Norman Powell against his old team, Lee And, of course, Ronnie Hood and uh, Gary Trent Jr. against the the former Blazers. There was a love fest there between Blazers and Raptors fans. You take care of our guy, we'll take care of your guy, you know. Uh, But uh, it was funny, Norm lining up on the wrong side. That was pretty good. Uh, That'll be in the whoopsies. Yeah, Yeah, here he is, yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Not bad. Um, Yeah, the other thing, Norm hit a shot and was sort of staring back at the Raptors bench and they got a few people upset. It's like, I mean, what? Who did it get upset? The guys guys were laughing. It was after that dunk, right? I thought they were laughing. I thought for sure the coaches were were laughing. No, I mean, he means Raptors Twitter. Raptors Twitter was upset, you know, like, uh, we gave you a chance, bro. You know, all that stuff. Jesus Christ, you ever played a sport in your life? I don't think people ever played a sport. Anything, a competitive board game even. But the other thing was, there was no, I don't get it. I know, the, but there was no hostility in, in Norm's uh, departure. So it's like, of course you're going to talk a little trash. You, you want that win. You want to be like, yeah, you traded me away, and you know, all that sort of stuff. It's all fun. It's all good-natured stuff. Like, there was no, like, you know, I'm going exactly. to show this team what they gave up or anything like that. It was just like, you know, a coincidence in the schedule that they met so quickly after the trade. And, uh, you know, Norm's just like, yeah, well. Yeah, this is. I, I'd rather be here. I'm glad I'm on this team. You know, we're going to the playoffs, so uh, it's just fun stuff. People just can't enjoy themselves at all anymore. It's crazy. I don't, crazy. I don't. I mean, a couple I, of nice. I got. Go no, I would never mind. I was just going to keep going on my rant. Like I was playing pickup ball versus my like you know six year old godson this weekend, and I'm talking trash. You know, like, <laughs> staring him down. It's bad. It's sport. It's fun. Like like obviously jokingly, and he's giving it back. It's hilarious. I also blew my shoe out like Zion Williamson. Uh-oh. I had to say that earlier. Yeah, I uh, I left my running shoes outside for like months on the porch, and I think they got weathered somehow. And then I finally went for a run yesterday over to his house to play pickup ball. And then while I was playing, boom! Like I just ripped through the whole side of my shoe like Zion did there well, I didn't do I the saw, splits uh, fortunately but yeah I saw all of his fans on Twitter were very upset that he that you were staring him down oh, so yeah, yeah. you might want to smooth things over but there yeah. were a couple of nice things this weekend for the Raptors number one a thousand career games for Matt Devlin mm. yes they're gonna hang a banner for him someday perhaps perhaps sure. obviously not this year even though they've done a good job of making it look like Scotiabank Arena there in Tampa they got yeah. Canadian tire tarps up I was like what <laughs> Who's getting a Canadian tire deal that's watching this? I guess there are some people out there. The other thing I liked was seeing Gary Trent wearing number 33, the same number that Gary Trent Sr. wore when he was a Raptor. And Gary Trent Jr. did it with no bullying from fans, which is different than when Larry Nance Jr. was traded 
to the Cleveland Cavaliers. Remember, his dad was also a yeah. Cleveland Cavalier. The number was retired. Larry Nance Jr. shows up. He says, I'm wearing number 24. I don't need to wear number 22. That's my dad's number. And everybody said, hey, man, put on number 22. You should be wearing your dad's number. He switched to it, and he's been wearing it ever since. Didn't have to even go through the drama of that with Gary Trent. Right. All right. Uh, well, let's wrap this up here. Uh, I still have to go. My loser of the week. And I'll make it quick. It's the Chevy tracks of the NBA. It's PJ Washington. He's getting the loser of the weekend because he did something pretty damn incredible, actually, on, uh, in Sunday's game against the Suns. 44 minutes of action PJ Washington played. All right. That's important. He had zero points, 0 for 7 from the floor. 0 for 4 from distance, 0 for 2 at the line. And according to StatMuse, that's the most scoreless minutes by a player with at least one free throw attempt since 1983. 44 minutes, Lily, and the Chevy tracks, my man, P.J. Washington, coming through with the 0 for. That's just, that's just tough to do. And almost, <laughs> I, I almost want to applaud it in a weird way. I almost feel yeah. bad giving him a loser the weekend, but uh, yeah. that's just incredible. A career 77%, oh, season 77% yeah. on the free throw line as well. He had two there. He couldn't even make one of those. I mean, uh, that's tough. But uh, listen, I mean, you're making history, so you get remembered for that, I guess. <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, would you rather, I mean, would you, yeah, no, <laughs> oh, I, I, I think I know the you. answer. I think I know the answer to this. You would, you'd rather have one of those games where you have like 20 points and like z- zero other statistic yeah. than, you know, because yeah. he had like does about 12 rebounds, something like that, you know, and, and yeah. other numbers he just had a bad bad shooting game but yeah i think you'd rather just be like yeah i had the most points ever with no other stat because it's like well at least you're doing the the main thing the most important thing <laughs> right the club trillion sort of exactly uh, yeah. Thing there. yeah i think you'd rather do that you're right um uh, i did have a question though tass i know you brought it up on what you need to know today uh i'll ask the other guys here first how do we feel about oklahoma city shutting down al horford here for the remainder of the season does it warrant a mini loser of the weekend or is it the right play uh lee we'll start with you um what, what do you think i mean this guy's got like 53 million dollars left yeah. on his contract i know sam presti and al horford and his agent have talked and like no this is the best thing moving forward so we can play sweet moses brown he can get that big beef um uh, but it is a little strange is it not is it just because it's al horford and it's okc no one's going to care i think sort of task was alluding to that on uh, what you need to know. Um, but what do you think? Well, I'm just surprised because obviously the Thunder aren't really going anywhere this season. So um, if he's not even going to be around the team, I think that hurts someone like Moses Brown. He could learn from a veteran like Al Horford. I, well, I guess he is going to be around the team. Is, right? is he? Well, he's going to be like yeah. he's going to be around the training is, yeah. facility and stuff. Yeah, he's just not so going to play. So why not play him? I mean, like, well, I guess they don't want him to get injured and then. Maybe and then, can't train I mean, him at all. Well, okay, we'll release him then. You know, like come to some sort of buyout agreement. I, I, it seems it seems a bit weird to just uh, shut him down on a team that's going nowhere. You know, you traded for him. Uh, I understand that you know veterans you know want to move on and stuff, but I mean, you, you, if if Al Horford wants to go to a playoff team because he's still eligible, then wave him, let him go. You know, and if you have to pay him fifty three million, I'm sure you won't. I'm sure Al will give you back five ten million. <laughs> then do it. Let him go to another team. I just, you know, it it, it is. I just. I just like, find it, a little... it sounds like Al Horford is fine with this. Uh, well, if he's fine with it, then okay, fine. You're getting, <laughs> you're getting paid yeah. your money. But Al Horford could still contribute. I mean, the Celtics could take him back. Of I don't course. know if, uh, yeah. if they would. But, uh, you know, let him. Like, go and play somewhere. I mean, I, I, I just think Moses Brown could learn a lot from playing with Al Horford, having Al Horford on the court, watching what he does on the court, watching how he defends, watching how he moves on offense. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not him, like he's him. been playing poorly when he was oh, playing yeah, for OKC. I mean, it's the totally Thunder fine. as well. Yeah, it's yeah. the Thunder. So, you know. All right. Uh, Trey, anything to add to that? What do you think? Well, I think Al Horford should be playing since he's under contract and has a huge deal. And like Lee's saying, he would be valuable, I think, to the Thunder as a veteran mentor. Obviously, you're going to still get some of that on the bench. It's a little different, though, when he's out there seeing what Moses Brown is seeing and saying, you need to be here when such and such happens. But we've also seen a lot of notable players just taking a month off this season uh, to not decrease their trade value, to force a situation to go to another team. So I don't know. I guess it's only if you're it's only if you're a notable team that it's a problem. If you've got a lot of national TV games and one of your big stars is sitting, then you're going to hear from the league. Otherwise, you know, I don't blame Al Horford. He's definitely okay getting paid twenty million dollars to sit on the bench and look gorgeous. Yeah, those beautiful <laughs> eyes. Ten yeah, million yeah. each eye. There, yeah. not bad. Yeah. Uh, anything to to add, Tass, before we wrap this up? 
Yeah, Big L is OKC with that. Uh, and and he, <laughs> he should be. The, I guess he knew coming into the season yeah, uh, the yeah. scenario. He had the conversation with Sam Presti. Trevor Ariza was in the same boat at the beginning of the season. He didn't play the whole year, got traded. Big Al, wish that was him. Um, but watching uh, OKC play, I just love watching Moses Brown. He's one guy that I watch basketball and I say, wow, that guy is tall. You know, that doesn't happen yeah. in basketball games. You say that in everyday life. Whoa, that man is tall uh, <laughs> because they stand out. But in basketball games, that doesn't really stand out. But Moses Brown uh, is awesome to watch. And, and Al, yeah, I think he is still helping him out. Uh, and, and all the vets there, they all knew that they were going to go. Uh, you know, George Hill, happy that he, he got traded as, mm-hmm. as well. It is different. It's, it's definitely... Um, if it is different than a big market situation, for sure. The difference with Anthony Davis when he sat out with New Orleans is he made a public trade request, and it was a whole big public thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, big Al would never make a trade request, um, but they're just hoping that next year that somebody wants him, that somebody wants his year and you know year and a half left because it's partially guaranteed for the next year. But there's right. just too much bucks uh, to get traded this year. It's just too yeah. much money. Yeah, after the season, Horford still has two years, $53 million on his deal. What a contract. Uh, But this is also just OKC completely leaning into the tank, right? I mean, they're just like, they already told Shea to, like, rest. He's got plantar fasciitis. Okay, that that is a real injury, but it also is an injury that you can just say, "Ah, I'm a foot sore. Uh, Oh, how sore? Actually, don't even worry about it. Let's just uh, rest you because we want to lose games. And now maybe this is a little case of that, too. Like, Al Horford actually is helping us win these some of these games that we actually don't want to win right now we're one of the rare teams it feels like in the league that is like really really leaning into tanking so there's that as well so let's hear from you guys in the stream team uh are you cool with what okc and sexy al's doing over there okay let's take a break and uh hear from some new sponsors actually lily looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events we've got the spot our partner StubHub has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Chime, as seen on the Mavericks uniforms. Mm. Yeah, mm. never knew what that was. Now I do. Nice. Great stuff. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Okay, Tweet of the Night. Love this one. It's a trifecta of tweets. And the first one was from at Spurs Nation CP. <laughs> and they tweeted with this great photo. Spurs Nation, let's all wish Lonnie Walker the fourth a speedy recovery. You see the clutch points graphic there. Very, very dramatic looking. Rest up, Lonnie. You know, he's got a injured wrist. Well, Lonnie Walker saw it. And he retweeted it with... All this for a wrist? A couple laughing emojis there. I almost said, rest in peace, my damn self. Uh, Which is a great point. It seems so overly dramatic. And then I died in the comment section of that tweet. At Seth DeSportsman with the tombstone pick, Lonnie Walker, from March 28th to April 4th, hurt his wrist. He's okay, guys. He's not dying on us. It's a... Just a bit of an injured wrist there for Lonnie Walker the fourth, but uh, great stuff there from uh, especially Lonnie Walker giving that the attention and saying, man, I almost said RIP to my damn self. <laughs> almost got him. All right. Pick him results. Friday night. Oh, boy. Not good for me. Cavs, Lakers. Lakers were favored by five and a half, and they got it done in the end. I think they won this one by like 14 or something. Uh, these pick em results brought to you by BetMGM, I should say. And so that's a loss for me. That's a loss for Trey. I think you also had Cleveland. That's a win for Lee, win for Taz, which is huge because for the month of March, which we only have, if my math is correct, we have three nights left to pick from here. I think there's 31 days in March. Yeah. We got Trey 10 and 7. We got Tass and Lee now 9 and 8. And I'm 7 and 10. I am two games back 
uh, here. So this is this is rough for me. I basically, I got to swerve, possibly. I at least got to be on the opposite side here for a couple of them. So what's tonight's game? There's 11 games on tonight to ask because we only had four on Sunday. But what are we picking from? We've got a heavyweight tilt in Los Angeles. It's the Clippers because all we do is pick Lakers game. Let's pick a Clippers game. They're favored by a point and a half over the Milwaukee Bucks who are coming to town. Uh, everybody should be healthy. Should be a good one on NBA TV. So uh, we'll let you pick last skeet so you yeah. can swerve wherever you want to swerve. Lee, who you got? Yeah, it's a tough one. <laughs> tough <laughs> one, this oh, one. I, I, uh, yeah, the Bucks. Uh, Bucks. They lost their last game, but no one played in that one. Giannis uh, had a game off there. He's back. I think the Clippers can uh, can win by a basket. It's basically a, a pick 'em in this one. So I'll take the Clippers by two points at home. Okay, Trey. <laughs> <laughs> tough one. This is a tough one. Um, you know, a couple of losses in a row for the Bucks. Clippers are playing well. Give me Milwaukee. Give me Milwaukee to do good. Uh, this one's an easy one. Give me the Bucks. Oh. Wow. So I can go either way here because I'm chasing Solid both view. of you. Ooh, ah. um, <laughs> this is... I'm going to say it is a tough one. I'm going to go, <laughs> man, my gut said the Clips. I thought I was going to have to swerve and go Bucks, but then we got testing. So I will go with the Clippers. I will go with the Clippers to win by, uh, yeah, they got to win by two. That's important here. Could be a one-point victory, and then the Bucks would get the uh, W. But uh, Lee and I are going with the Clippers, and Trey and Tass going with Milwaukee. Do I have that right? I have that right. Mm-hmm. Excellent. It's big. I need this one. I really need the Clippers to come through. Come on, Reggie Jackson. All right, that's it for us here on a Monday. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate the stream teamers for chiming in on the comments there. Like, comment, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Do what you got to do. Help us out. Defeat the algorithm. Let's get us up to 50K by... Uh, who knows? It takes a while. Thursday. To get there. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Let's get to 40k first. Uh, email us your NBA questions and comments for this week's Beach Steppin' Podcast. We'll be hitting the beach once again on Wednesday. So email them in no dunks at theathletic.com. Grab your no dunks merch over at no dunks.com and subscribe to the athletic. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks for just a buck a month. Theathletic.com slash no dunks so they know we sent you. And if you're in Canada, you can still get this sweet deal. Go to theathletic.com slash no dunks Canada for $1 a month Canadian. Fantastic stuff. Uh, we got a huge busy week once again here. There will be a Top Shot Hot Boys coming up later in the week. We, of course, have whoopsies. and We got very solid plays. And we got the beach stepping, like I said. And uh, happy hour should be in play on Thursday. So everybody stock up on energy. And Clipper Bros, take us home. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And let me give those Clipper bo- Bros the injury report for the Clippers game tonight. Oh. Rajon Rondo, out. Groin. Okay. Patrick Beverly, out. Knee. Serge Ibaka, out. Back. And Jay Scrub, out. Foot. What a name. Jay it's time Scrub. for Terrence Mann. <laughs> Come a man tonight. Oh, wow. All right. Embrace the day, people. You could stay. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel.
Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. 